2 Corinthians chapter number 5, I want to read verses 18 through 21 and give you uh, a thought about these verses and about our ministry and about your ministry. I'm glad when God saves you, He doesn't save you just to sit somewhere. But He's got something for you to do. And I'm glad we're all different, aren't you? And God can use how He made us different for His honor and His glory. And, uh, and I'm thrilled with that. If we would stand just for a moment, I'm going to read these verses. Verse number 18. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead be ye reconciled to God. For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Let's pray. Father, sure do love you tonight. Sure do thank you for the privilege, Lord, to be in your house, Lord, to stand behind this sacred desk. And Lord, now I pray you'd help me. I pray you'd hide me behind the cross. Lord, I pray that you would uh, help us to effectively communicate your word and the burden you put on my heart for this evening. Lord, I pray you bless your people. Lord, it's good to be amongst God's people and amongst God's chosen people. And Lord, I pray that you would so use us tonight, Lord, to help your people. I'll give you all the glory, give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So looking through this chapter and uh, have preached through this chapter uh, several times, uh, it's filled with new things. Aren't you glad God can do a new thing in an old place? He can do a new thing in an old vessel. He can do a new thing uh, with an old command. He can do something new. Matter of fact, we are still in the new way, by the way, the new and living way, according to Hebrews. And in this chapter, we see verses 1 through 8, we see a new or new members. I'm not talking about church members. I'm talking about that new glorified body. And I'm glad that God has, uh, has that waiting for us, those new members. I get tired of dragging this old thing around, don't you? And looking at it in the mirror and seeing what a failure it is and, the, and just the inconsistencies and the things. But I'm glad God is working on the inside. And one of these days, the outside is going to catch up uh, with the inside, praise the Lord. Uh, and the Bible says that we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Philippians, Paul says this way, he says, Who shall change our vile body? that it may be fashioned like into His glorious body. I'm looking forward to that day, amen, and these new members. He also says in verses 9 through 14, He talks about a new motive. I'm glad God is the one working in me. I'm glad it's the love of Christ that constraineth me. It is God which worketh in you, both the will and do of His good pleasure. I'm glad it's not for selfish gain. I'm glad it's not for prestige. I'm glad it's not uh, for me, but I'm glad when our heart's right with Him uh, that it's Him that moves us and, and He is the one that motivates us. Is that what motivates you tonight? Didn't you come to church tonight because He's worthy? 
Hey, He's worthy of all honor. He's worthy of all praise. Hey, He's worthy of everything that's good and honorable and acceptable in our life. Uh, we would be nothing tonight if it had not been for God. And I'm telling you what, when He speaks, we ought to obey. One of the, one of the principles, founding principles in Scripture tonight is just to be obedient to the voice of God. And I'm glad when any time, any time when we get right with Him, He is always, He always has been, He always will be speaking to His people. And I'm glad it's Him that motivates me. When we go and we talk to sinners on the street, when we conduct our family devotions, whatever we do in our life, I'm glad we've got a new motivator living on the inside, and that's Christ. And so we have a new motive. Then we come down to verse number 17, and we've got a new man. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Then we come to our verses tonight, and I want to, just for a moment, drop this in your heart, and I want to challenge us tonight. I don't like going through the motions, do you? Hey, I don't like just doing something because it has to be done. But I'm telling you what, when I do something, I want God to be in it, to be on it, to be around it, to be through it. I want God to bless it. Not that I could have something because that's the only thing that's going to matter at the end of the day is that God was on it, if God was in it, and God was blessing it. And I want God to get the glory tonight for everything that we do for Him. And in these few verses, I see a new ministry. It's not new as far as different. It's not new as far as changing something. But I want it to be new as be fresh in our lives. When we go talk to someone, when we come uh, to a revival meeting, what the next thing we've got in line, I know he said Monday's off and the rest of the week uh, is booked up. Uh, the, so whatever you do, I want God to make it new to you. Because we all like new things, don't we? I mean, there's a different smell about something that's new. There's a different look about something that's new. There's a, well, when you work something for the first time, when you, uh, whatever it is, uh, it's new. And all the motions about it are new. My, my son works up at the uh, Mercedes-Benz dealership in, uh, in Lynchburg, Virginia. And, uh, and he, God has so blessed him. Brother, we were talking earlier. And uh, I don't know of a young man that don't like new cars. And he gave up something that was precious to him uh, to, get, uh, to get right with God. And God, if God did not turn around and bless him with a job, that he gets to drive them now for free. You tell, don't tell me God doesn't care about what you care about. Hey, and doesn't want to do something for you if you'll just be, be everything you can be for his honor. And I'm telling you, he'll bring some of those cars by and let drive his mom around in them. And uh, I told him, I said, you're going to have to quit doing that, man. People's going to think something's, these new cars showing up all the time in my house. I said, somebody's going to think something. And uh, he said, I'll let them think, Dad. I said, I'm just driving my mom around. And uh, boy, he'll tell me, he said, man, every, I mean, still got plastic on it. Everything's new about it. And I'm telling you what, I want the ministry that God's given you to be new just like that. Every, and you know what? God can make it new and keep it new and it won't even wear out. All these things made by men will wear out. But I'm telling you what, the ministry God's given you and the life God's given you will never be old unless we let it. And so tonight I want to give you these four thoughts out of these four verbs that we find in these verses. And, uh, and I want a new 
ministry. Let's look at the first one in verse number 18. The Bible says, And hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. I'm looking at the word given. We didn't earn this ministry. We didn't, we didn't uh, purchase this ministry. But God said He has given you this ministry. And I'm telling you what, God's given us life, God's given us love, God's given us uh, so many things in this life, salvation. He's given us the ministry of salvation, give us the ministry of service, give us the ministry of, uh, of, of submitting to Him. And suffer, even suffering for the Lord Jesus Christ is a gift given by God. And I'm telling you what, my first thought tonight in this scripture is, oh, what a privilege to serve God. Now I'm telling you what, the ministry will be new if I always keep in mind that it's not my right. Hey, hey, it's nothing that is, is up to me, but it's a privilege been given to me by Almighty God hey, to serve Him and to be a servant in His household and in His family. I'm reminded of the prodigal son when he was down there in the hog pen and we've all heard it that when he dropped the pail and jumped the rail and hit the trail friend uh, when in his mind and in his heart what was going on and what was mulling around in him friend hey what he wanted to do was just be back with the father in this ministry of reconciliation that's exactly what God's given us to do is bring those back that are afar off whether they're lost, whether they're backslid, however they're out of sorts with God, God's given us the privilege to preach to them, to teach them, to give them the Word of God, and beg them to come back and be reconciled to God. And so in the prodigal son, what was going on in his heart was, I'm no more worthy to be called a son. He said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask my father if he'll make me as one of the hired servants around the house. I mean, that was, that was one of the lower servants. That wasn't one of the high servants that, that got the prestige as being a servant. But he said, I just want to be somewhere around my father doing something for him. And I'm telling you, that's the attitude I want to have is when I get to serve him, hey, I count it a privilege and an honor and do it with everything that's in me. Oh, what a privilege to serve God. Look at the next one. Verse number 19. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. The word I'm interested there is committed. Not only do I say, oh, what a privilege in this new ministry, keeping this ministry new, but I say, oh, what a priority. Oh, what a priority. That word committed means to lay horizontal, as if somebody's laying something at your feet. Do you remember when they were stoning Stephen? They were laying their coats at a man's name was Saul. I wonder why they were laying at Saul's feet. They were giving him the credit, charging him. Hey, he was in charge of this thing. And that word committed means to be laid horizontal. And you know who's responsible for preaching the gospel to every creature? I am. I'm responsible. God's given it to us. Oh, what a privilege. But God has committed it unto us. And I say, oh, what a priority. There's, it's a priority because there's a must 
There's a, they're not going to hear right here in Ranger, Georgia. Hey, they're not going to hear in Colorado. They're not going to hear around the world unless somebody tells them. They're not, gonna, they're not just going to magically get saved. Hey, they're not just going to stumble across salvation, but we've got to go tell them. Remember what the Ethiopian eunuch said? After Philip asked him, understandest what thou readest? He said, how can I, except some man should guide me? There is a must. Jesus said in John, or it said of Jesus in John 4, 34, Jesus saith unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. John 9, 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. You know, I've been, I've been doing a lot of things in darkness come and hinder my progress. And it, it upsets me. I don't know if it upsets you or not, but it upsets me because I've got a job to do. I was working on something and it got dark. I'm telling you what, I want to I I be able to do as much as I can while I can for the glory of God. Matthew 21, 28 but what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. And you know how that turned out. The one said, son said, I'm going to go, and didn't go. And then the second one said, I'm not going. Then he repented and went. I want to go. Mark 10, 44 and 45. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. There is that must that is given us. Because there's a many. There's a many. I bet we could go out here. And it's, a, it's amazing me, brother. We, as we travel around and, and as we go out into some of these communities that we've never been in before. And there's churches everywhere. We find somebody that has never heard a clear presentation of the gospel. And there's just multitudes upon multitudes upon multitudes. And we, we, it's a responsibility. It is our priority because there's a many. But there's only minutes left. We were in service this morning. And uh, this older lady was testifying during Sunday school. And she began to say, We've only got, I've only got minutes left. I've got just a short time. And you can see the burden of her heart. She wanted to do something. And she wanted to tell somebody about the Lord Jesus because she knows she doesn't have much time left. And I tell you, I want to be busy for the glory of God. And I say, oh, what a priority. Here's where I wanted to get to. In verse number 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be you reconciled to God. I don't know about you, but I can see the Apostle Paul counting it a privilege in verse number 18. And I can see the Apostle Paul going a step further and saying it's been committed to me. There, it's a priority. And in verse number 20, I hope you can see the Apostle Paul after he is written and he knows, he knows the ins and outs of the church at Corinth. He knows what's going on. He knows they have problems. He know, but do you know what he stood back and said? He said, we pray you in Christ that be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. I see the Apostle Paul's passion in that word pray. That means to beg. It also comes from the word it means to tie, to knot, to bind oneself to. And when he was praying, he was, 
He was begging them and begging God that they would be reconciled to God. He didn't take for granted that they just had made a profession. He didn't take for granted that they were even at the church. But he said, be reconciled to God. I'm glad that I know that I'm saved tonight. But you know, I want to leave church. I want to leave church knowing that I'm right with God. Don't you? I want to leave knowing that I did everything that was required of me, that I had been uh, confronted with or, or shown in Scripture that I was obedient to and be right with God. And Paul said, oh, what a passion. 22 times this word is found, and I'm not going to go through all of it, but I want to just drop in, your, drop in your heart about this word beg and this word pray and see the passion that the Apostle Paul had uh, for these Corinthians to be reconciled with God. Matthew chapter number 9, we know these verses. And we need to beg God. We need to cry out. We need to pray. This word is used in times when we need help. You know, I, I sometimes think I can handle it myself. I don't know if you're like that. Surely, I'm not the only one. None of y'all agreed with me and shook your head. So now I'm going to have to pull it out of you. But we do things and we think we can handle it and we need help. And when we don't cry out and we don't beg, that should be the first thing we do is to beg God for help. To call out for help. Do you know that's the word that the Lord Jesus used in Matthew 9, 37 and 38? Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And we were talking about farming, brother, in the back. And I love gardening. That's one of the things I couldn't do in Colorado because nothing would grow up there at that altitude where I was at. I mean, we could grow rocks and that was about it. And Anyway, they don't grow, by the way, but... And I know that. Some people say, well, the preacher's he don't even know what he's talking about. Rocks don't grow. But can you imagine having a harvest? Man, I've driven, we've driven through LOJ today, and man, all those apple trees and, and all the apples coming off them, and all of the, it, it kind of disgusts me, all the ones that's on the ground rotten. I said, man, I could have ate that. Somebody could have ate it. But can you imagine the harvest of the Lord and it's rottening in the field? And he's praying and his passion. Do you see his passion? He's praying. He's begging that we would pray that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. And when we need help, we need to beg God. Luke chapter number 5 and verse number 12. We need to beg God. We need to cry out. We need to bind ourselves to. We need to have a passion for when we hurt. Has anybody ever hurt in here? I don't like hurting. <laughs> I just don't like hurting. But it's amazing how close Lord Jesus gets when you're hurting and when you're calling out for help and God ministers into your soul and God helps you. He may not ever take the hurt away, but He sure will help you through that hurt and help, him, uh, help you to see Him and help others to see the Lord Jesus in your hurt. But watch this in Luke 5, 12. And it came to pass when He was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him. Let me ask you a question tonight. If you were full of leprosy, how much would you beg the Lord for help? 
And when he was hurting, he besought the Lord. And I'm glad. He said, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. When we hurt, we need to have that passion to beg people to be reconciled to God. Acts chapter number 8 and verse number 34, we already mentioned the eunuch. But when he, was, when he was going through that story, do you know what when we need to pray and when we need to beg God, when we need to have that passion, is when things hit us. I'm telling you, I, I don't know why God put this on my heart and, 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 and was letting me tell about some of these things because I don't always react right. Do you? Something will hit me and I'll say, what am I going to do now? Something will hit and I'll say, well, I've got to figure that one out. Something to hit and, and your mind will start racing in a thousand different directions. I don't know if you ever have that problem, but I, I do. And when things happen, I try to figure out the best way I can. But what I need to do is pray and beg God and have a, a passion that God would use that to reconcile somebody or reconcile myself to Him. That Ethiopian eunuch, Philip was reading Isaiah and it hit him. Watch. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee. There's that beg, there's that word again, same word. Of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? It hit him that who he was talking about was the Messiah, was the King, was the God of glory. He said, this is the man, who is it? Because I want to trust him. And it hit him. And we need to beg God when things hit us. I mean, when they just blindside us. We were coming down the road today, and I know you don't have these thoughts. I know you don't have these thoughts. But I do, so you pray for me. I was coming down the road today, and my, my oldest son that's with me was driving. And I got all the confidence in the world in him. I mean, I do. I really do. He's, he's a good driver. But I was back there trying to take a nap, and I had this thought. Man, what if somebody hits, hits this door right here and, and blindsides us? I mean, just those thoughts run through, through your mind. But when things hit us, you know what I did? I said, Lord, thou knowest, and I trust you, and I went back off to sleep. Amen. What, what else are you going to do when, when your son's driving? <laughs> Luke 22. When you have hindrances in your life, if we would beg and we would pray to God. Luke 22, 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. He knew Peter was going to be tried to be hindered. And I'm telling you what, when you go out those doors tonight, there's going to be a hindrance. That's why we need to pray one for another. I mean, pray for it with a passion like Paul and beg God and bind yourself to it to pray that we would not be hindered. But then in heaviness, look at 1 Thessalonians. You don't have to turn there. I've got it here. 1 Thessalonians 3.10. Paul said, Night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Paul had a desire that he could see them in their heaviness, to help them in their heaviness. And I believe in this scripture when Paul says, I, we pray you in Christ that be reconciled to God, he had a passion. He had a passion for, and that'll make your ministry new when you, know, when you have a passion and a burden and a desire knowing God in every situation that I just named. Every situation, when we hurt, when we're hindered, when it hits us, we're, we're heavy, when we need help, that we can call on God. 
And he is ready, he is ready to answer. And then this last one. It'll give you a new ministry when you say, oh, what a privilege, oh, what a priority, oh, what a passion. And then in that last verse, the phrase might be made means to cause to be. The, I say, oh, what a power. Oh, what a power. And there's a scope to this power. A scope. Who will have all men to be saved. We believe that, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The scope of this power. There's not a person you meet. There's not a person you talk to. You know what we need to do when we go to Colorado? I need to go find the baddest, meanest man or woman. Because I've said this before, the men are men and some of the women are too out there in Colorado. I mean, we've, 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 I mean, I mean tough. They could probably whip me, probably so. And that's, that's a shame for a man. But anyway, but go find the meanest person in that town. Give them the gospel and let God save them. Because if God could save them, the rest of the town has no excuse but that's the power of the gospel. That's the power of what God's given us in this ministry of reconciliation. That it is whosoever the scope, the source, the power is God. The power is not of us. The power is God. Aren't you glad when you share the gospel with somebody and the Spirit of God begins to lead you and give you verses that you hadn't even thought about that day? and for them because they need them, and see their countenance change, and see the Holy Ghost begin to work in their heart, and the tears begin to come trickling down their cheeks, and the power of God is able to change them. Not only the scope and the source, but the sort. I'm glad God doesn't do anything halfway. And when God saves you, He saves you unto the uttermost. We don't have to go around. We don't have to go around with a lip dragging the ground uh, because, because we're struggling or because we've got stuff in our life that God's dealing with. But I'm telling you, when He saved you, He made you to cause to be. He made you the righteousness of God in Him. When God looks at me, He sees the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm as righteous as God in the Lord Jesus Christ. You understand that, right? Because there's power in believing God's Word and God working in you. And I want my ministry, when I, when, next time I go witness to somebody or talk to somebody, I want to remember that it's a privilege, there's a priority, I need to have a passion, there should be a passion, because what a power that we hold in our hand, what a power we have in our hearts. We are made to cause to be the righteousness of God in you.